we're done. We're done. Let's sing the invitation. No. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Yeah, I was going to just remind you. I don't know whether you mentioned this, but on the back, if you were here last week, we had a good number, even though it was so cold, but some of you weren't able to come. We don't want you out where it's dangerous. You feel it's dangerous. Stay at home. We love the streaming. But on the back of the, the, the sermon notes, we printed again what was there last week. We do have those cards that he mentioned uh, back at the Welcome Center as well. Our series is called Seek. Seek. And, and of course, that is about seeking God. I, I don't want to call it a series. I, I really believe that what our intent and purpose is to do is to call you to seek God. And, and so we've chosen a, a specific time uh, to wherever you are right now. I mean, where are, wherever you are in your prayer life, uh, searching scriptures, things like that, to, to step forward and do more of, of seeking God. So uh, and, and it begins today. It ends on February 10th. And so uh, today, today uh, the, the topic, e- each of the next three weeks, uh, the topic is going to be that focus upon, you know, what we're seeking, you know, how, how we're seeking. Or, or, and hopefully the words that I'm going to share with you today will encourage you in, in seeking after God. And, and today specifically, it's in that idea of being given direction, be, being given guidance. You know, we look to God for that. Here, here's the truth about me. I, I, am, I am absolutely limited in, in how I live, live life. You know, I'm limited in the fact that I need so much sleep every week in order for me to function. Anybody else like that? Everybody else is like that. There are certain things that we absolutely need. You know, I need sleep. I do need sustenance and, and you know, for strength and, and things like that uh, in order for me to function. I need wisdom and, and understanding to, to, to gain things, to make decisions and, and move forward. And, and the God that we're asking you to seek after, he is unlimited, right? He is unlimited. And we have this great opportunity to, to follow after him, to, to seek his guidance for life. It, and it is good when we are finding and we are able to live and pursue uh, such a great God as what he's given to us. I, all of us need help in, in guidance. You know, where do I go? Uh, where do I live? Things like that. Job. Uh, there are more personal questions that come up. I, I know we have some teenagers looking at graduation. I mean, some of those things is pretty much all orchestrated for you up until you're, you're 18. Then you graduate from high school. All of a sudden, choices, major choices are coming. Like, like where am I going to go to school? Am I going to marry? Uh, who am I going to marry? Those are, those are real important questions. And, and it even comes to today for, for many of us when it comes in the midst of, hey, I'm having difficulties in, in my marriage relationship. God, what do I do? I'm having difficulties in not just raising my children, but my children now are, are making bad decisions. And they're out of my house. And what do I do, God? You know, how, how do I handle that? Uh, society keeps pulling me back, and I, I feel like, like uh, I could do some compromising. You know, how, how do I live in this world? How do, how do we get through this world? God, where's, where's your direction and purpose? In your outline, I, I posed a question that actually I had 
uh, thoughts of years ago. Uh, the, first, the first point is this. Why doesn't God direct me like he did Abraham and uh, Moses? Or, or many of the others in the Old Testament. Uh, have you read through the Old Testament and never had the thought of, I wish God talked to me like that? Maybe like Abraham? Yeah, Genesis 12.1. He meets Abram, or Abram hears God speaking. He says, okay, I want you to leave, uh, go from this country uh, and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I'm going to show you. And the next verse he says, because I'm going to make you into a great nation. Abraham didn't have any question, oh, what am I supposed to do? You know, where am I supposed to go? God gave directions to Abraham. Moses is even better, I think. I love the picture of here, here. Moses has already left Egypt. He's now a shepherd. He's, he's out tending sheep, and he sees this bush on fire, but it's not being consumed. So he's curious. And, and so he walks over to the bush, and the bush begins to talk, and it's the voice of the Lord. And he's communicating with him. And, and he says, take, you know, first thing is take your shoes off because this is holy ground. Because of the one you're talking to. And then he directs him, saying, man, you're the guy I'm choosing to deliver my people who are in, in uh, uh, captivity in Egypt. I, I'm going to send you. And, and it wasn't just God telling him what to do. It was, they had a discussion. It, well, when they ask who you are, what do I say? I say, oh, you want me to speak? You know, I, no, I'm not a speaker. You know, and so God makes provisions and has a discussion with Moses. Does that not seem like a great advantage? And when that's, here's the place, when I was younger and I read through these stories, even stories like Jonah when he's directed to go or any of the prophets and, and many others were, were given direction that, that I, I, I used to think that would be amazing. Why doesn't God do that today? It'd be nice in some of our situations when we're thinking, God, give me, lead, you know, lead me, guide me in this. And then to hear the voice of the Lord respond would be amazing, right? I, I think it would. Um, there are things that were absolutely, there were specific people that God spoke to, made appearances uh, uh, with, and, and, and details like that. But there were also things that were being written down. We know the Pentateuch, you know, the first five uh, uh, books of the Bible were written down. They followed the words of Moses through that. Uh, David and Solomon also had things. And it does speak some of the things, some of the instruction or some of the, the facts that were laid out or, or even wisdom was given to, to those in that day and age. I want to point out a couple of verses for you. They, uh, they're going to be above, I think they're even on your outline. Uh, one is Psalm 25, 12. David speaking, he says this concerning uh, God giving guidance. He says this, he says, Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. So who is God giving instruction or who is, who is it that God gives guidance to according to David? The one who fears the Lord. Fear is a good thing. It's a healthy thing. We had a little two-year-old in our house, a uh, grandson of ours, Hank. Yeah, he's, he's our youngest grandson right now. And, and I'm stoking the fire, cold outside. It's always nice to be close. And, and I'm, I'm kind of turning the logs and stuff, trying to get the flames up. And, and Hank comes over next to me, and he looks at it, and, and he looks at me, and he points out, he says, fire. And he says, 
hot, and then he walks away. I thought, okay, someone's trained him well. I, you know, the concern is when you've got a two-year-old, you're going to have to watch the fire. You've got to watch what he's doing. And Hank is very much handsy. And, you know, everything else he's pulling and throwing, but he's leaving the fire alone. So someone's taught him well. There, there's, this, there's this place of healthy fear for fire. Fire's good. I mean, we, uh, heat, what would we do? I mean, even, even though our building right now is heated by fire, uh, the, the fact that uh, we, we cook with fire uh, or with heat and, and uh, also purify things, uh, you wouldn't have gotten here unless there was little fires going off in your engine, right? That also pumps out the heat. Fire's good, but it is also very harmful. We know that's true, right? It wouldn't take much if I'm not tending that fire, my fireplace, that my house could catch on fire and I could lose everything, right? Or, or the fact that it, I could even lose my life to fire. But, so it's good to have a healthy fear. It is absolutely important for us to have a fear of a holy and righteous God. An absolute holy God. I'm not. He is uh, is holy. To have a fear of God is the, is the very place. If you fear God, if you have that very healthy respect of God, then, then you're the person whom God is going to lead and direct in this life. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 is another passage uh, in the Old Testament that gives people understanding about getting, getting receiving guidance from God. There it says, and, and, and this is Solomon giving advice to his son, all written down. So it's good, wise advice. Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. He's going to give you direction. He is going to guide you through this life if you do what? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Listen, I believe today that there's a lot of us Christians who are leaning on our own understanding. A lot of people who, who are, call themselves Christians, who, who sit in church on Sunday, who are leaning on our own understanding. The way you identify that is, well, how often are you praying? I, I mean, attending church, that's one thing, but how often are you going before the Lord and, and lifting up requests or, or praying? How often are you, you turning into, into, into the Scriptures, reading the Scriptures? That's Him speaking to me, right? So that's conversation that needs to be going on. And if, if we are, uh, you know, if, if, if we're distant from prayer uh, or from the Scriptures, then... I, you get the idea that maybe we're just going through life and making those decisions until trouble comes, right? Well, you're all familiar with this. When trouble comes, that's when you call upon the Lord. I, hey, God help, you know, in those situations. We're quick to do that. But listen, listen carefully what this, that passage says. Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him in all your ways really solomon's laying out this ought to be your way of life in all your ways acknowledge god acknowledge god and he will make your path straight old testament those are two great 
great verses ought to take. You know, it, it is all about, you know, those he's going to lead, they're going to have a healthy fear, respect of God. They're also going to trust in him in all their ways. Okay? We get into the New Testament. Those, those guys didn't even know Jesus. But uh, to think about it, we have a tremendous advantage in Jesus. God sent Jesus to give us direction, to be a guide to us in this life. He is, in John, according to John chapter 1, he is the word. And, and he is also the light. He, he is the one who has come to reveal to us, to speak to us, the very word and, and, and actions of God. And, and what does he reveal? More than anything else, he reveals his tremendous love for us, right? Doesn't he? He reveals his tremendous love. But we, we go through the, uh, the Gospels, we'll see other ways in which uh, Jesus has spoken to us or how he has led us. I always find it interesting that, that several places he, he speaks those words of, I am the light. Uh, he says, I am the door, I am the gate also in John 10. But in, in John 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. It, it, to me, it, it really connects with what David said years ago, you know, well, well before Jesus even came. Uh, David recognized the Lord as his shepherd. The Lord is the shepherd. In, in the words there, you know, he leads me beside, uh, into, into green pastures and beside the quiet waters. Uh, in there, he says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his sake, namesake. This, this whole idea of God being a shepherd, there's my guidance for life. David had that perspective. There's my guidance for life. He, uh, you know, in, in him, he, he leads me in, in, in those paths, even through the valley of the shadow of death. And, and you go through that whole thing. And, and I, will, I will walk through these days with mercy and, and, and grace and mercy. And, and I will dwell in his house and in the house of the Lord forever. So within 24, we see David seeing an advantage as God being his shepherd. That's where he gets his guidance for life. And then Jesus comes along and says, hey, I am the good shepherd. In that same verse, he says, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Listen, for us to, to follow direction, Jesus lays out the direction for us. He's the one that we follow in this life. He's the one we look to. His word is important to us. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I encourage you to use some of these verses in this next week as, as you're involved in this prayer and fasting. John 14, 6. We all ought to know this because it seems like we all are always turned to this. It's an important verse. Do you know it? Jesus said, I am the way and the and the life oh you guys are good <laughs> i'm so pleased that, that what a, what a significant verse because the last part of it says uh for no one comes to the father except through me jesus absolutely declares his significance in that verse jesus says i am the way he's the one we follow well i, I want you to consider he is the way for our life he is our salvation uh, he, he lays out, he is the way for our every day as well. And, and as well, he, he gives us purpose in this life. 
We, we know he is, he is the way for our salvation uh, absolutely because he died upon the cross for us. It was not just that he spoke it. He actually committed his life, sacrificed his life. His spilt blood has cleansed us from all unrighteousness. We carry about within us his righteousness. That's why we could be claimed as God's children. Not only has he brought us salvation, but he has given us a way of life. He's given us, in his directions, several things I think about, especially where he speaks about kingdom. I think about the attitude and actions and how I want to live my life. And, and, and when, when the disciples asked uh, to be taught how to pray, there's that line in there real early. He, gives, he admonishes God to hallowed be thy name. And then he says, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Uh, you know, and you begin to think, well, you know, life, I understand the daily bread part, right? That's, that's where I'm connected. But what about your kingdom come? Your will be done. Do you understand that we're also part of that? That, that hey, God, use me in, in this purpose. You know, you're working in this world, and guess what? He wants to work through his church, his people. The continued spreading of that gospel message to introduce others to the kingdom, that they could become a part of this, absolutely important. So, so in part, we're learning to pray it and, and learning to become it. Also think about, you know, in that place of worry, none of us ever worry, right? You know, worry, you know, how many of these cold days we're going to have to live through? Uh, you know, things like that. Worry comes. Worry absolutely comes. In, in Matthew chapter 6, he talks a lot about worry and anxiety. What, you know, do not worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear. Don't worry about those things. Towards the end of that chapter in verse 33, he says, listen, here's what you do. If you're going to worry about anything, if you want to focus upon anything, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Everything else is going to be added to you. Worry about this or put your focus upon this. His kingdom and his righteousness. Does he not lay out for us the things of life? Again, we're his children. We are people of his kingdom. And it begins today. Not, not in that day when Jesus returns. We're, we're part of his kingdom today. How, how do we live? How do we conduct ourselves? It's, with, it's within the words of Jesus. It's within the scriptures. That guides us and leads us. So that's our pursuit. Uh, you know, I was really encouraged this week. One of the things I wanted to do is, man... Uh, that Matthew 28, 18 and 19, there it lays out purpose. You know, it's that simple word, go. It, it, I, I, I know he's talking to his disciples, his apostles. He said, go into all the world, making disciples of all nations, laying out for the church. You know, hey, this, these are the things I want you to be doing. This, this, is, this is about going. So it, there is this action that we're called to. And, and I was actually... Very encouraged this week, thinking about some conversations I've had recently amongst many of you, talking about uh, sharing your faith with other people. Many of you, you know, and how that's going, and it's not always easy, and sometimes you get rejected and things like that, but it's happening. It, it is an activity of going and sharing. Uh, who knows, Jesus might send you, and, and, and you might go some someplace, but right now, uh, those of you who are teachers, some of you have been my encouragement. Uh, there's, there's, uh, I've had teachers telling me that I've, I've got a list of my students. I'm praying through each one of them. 
I have others telling me that, that they are involving where they are able to finding ways to have Bible studies with some of their students. I don't know how that works, but it's being done. So there's some pursuing going on of actively being involved in a purpose for kingdom. And I will tell you that is absolutely encouraging to me. And all of us ought to be involved in just that very thing. All of us ought to be involved in that very thing. That's why we think it's so important here, the beginning of this year that's to come. Oh man, let's all, let's all seek God. Let's all seek God actively in prayer and fasting. Finally, I, I do want to go back to that thought. Man, what an advantage that, that they had when God just spoke to them and had a conversation with them, right? I, I'm still in that thinking. But when we consider Jesus, we have an advantage over those in the Old Testament. Do you understand that? That we absolutely have a tremendous advantage over guys like Abraham and Moses and, 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 and those because we know Jesus. And Jesus is that final and complete message from God. There's, there, we're not looking for anybody else to come up with something new. Uh, that message of Jesus, his death upon the cross, his resurrection... And, and the promises of his coming is all that we have. We're, we're living those last days. We're living in those last days. And it is a complete message that we've, feel, that we've received. We are his children. And, and, and we could identify. And, and in, in this life, I identify that. But I also know that there is something ahead that is absolutely wonderful beyond anything that we know in this world. That's a, that's a good way to live this life. Not only that, we, we have Jesus and his message, but through Christ and his sacrifice, we have his, the indwelling of his Holy Spirit, the gift of his Holy Spirit working within us. He is a guide. He is a lead. He is a comforter within us. And we, we look in the book of Acts as we've been studying this. Last year. By the way, we are going to get back into Acts once we're done with these three weeks. But uh, in, in the book of Acts, we, we see, in, man, how the Holy Spirit actually came in and, and, and was very much a part of the very beginnings of the church, right? Came with power. He was there when Peter spoke the first uh, message, gospel message, and thousands came. And again, he did it again, and then 5,000 more came. And, and the church just exploded. And it was, it, was, it, was, it was the people receiving Christ and the Holy Spirit working with them. The Holy Spirit is still working within us today. The Holy Spirit. In, in, in several of the, the uh, conversions we've had here lately, man, there is evidence of the Holy Spirit bringing them and, and working in their lives, catching their attention. And, and, and so it's very exciting. You know, I know that's happened in Megan's life. She was saying, man, I know he is, always have. I just want to take it seriously. And so for a year, he's, she's been in pursuit. Daniel and Cord, I see you guys here. And, and Jared here. Keep on naming people. I'm excited about you guys. I mean, the, the, the thrill that you guys reveal is, is so refreshing. Some of you guys have been doing this for a while. Get around these people, Okay. <laughs> Uh, because the, the, the freshness of their excitement of what Jesus has done for them is, is right there. It, it, it ought to be important to us. The Holy Spirit working with each one of us, we could definitely be distracted from him. That's, 
this world around us, we can absolutely be distracted. That's why we're calling for prayer and, and fasting. The idea of fasting is to set your appetites aside for a little while. I, I can't remember what Eric might have said, but you know, I, I've suggested it might be as simple as saying, I'm blocking off these six hours that I'm not going to have anything between six, maybe nine hours, maybe 12, even up to 20. You know, I'm, I'm going to do so many hours. And in that, within that time, not the whole time, but within that time, I'm going to focus some, some time just on seeking God. And that's what we're encouraging to do. Taking God's word, uh, focusing time on prayer, and pursuing him. You know, what, whatever uh, is, you know, as you decide, as you've decided. And it begins today. This, this prayer and fasting, uh, we're, we're just depending on God to, to, through your sharpened focus, to be directing and guiding and, and, and leading you. Part of my hope is that after three weeks and the commitment you have, that maybe you'll see something additional you want to add to your life in continued seeking God. Right? Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe I'm going to uh, do something extra each week or maybe in every day I'm going to set aside some time to do what I've been doing over the past three weeks. There, there's nothing greater than this relationship with God that we have. And it, it is absolutely through Jesus there is, there's no better way to face the life. Why? Because we're limited people. Are you with me on that? Limited and having to make decisions and God, where are you? He, he is absolutely available. We know that because he sent his son, right? He's given us his spirit. He's given us his word to help lead and guide us in this life. I'm going to I'm going to, to, to finish this, but, but my focus on my prayer is to kick off this time of fasting. You, you have already made decisions of specific times. If you haven't, you still have that time today. Get a card, sign that, you know, put it somewhere to remind you in the next three weeks that specifically in this time during the week, I'm going to focus my attention upon seeking God. Read scriptures. If you, again, I, I'm going to offer this. If you need help and, you know, what should I be reading? You know, what scripture should I, or, you know, help me in deciding on fast, we could still be available to do that. Call the office. Our, our email addresses, text messages, things are the one. One of I should say this: when it comes to fasting, uh, we're, we're doing the fasting from food, but we do that on a regular basis. Part of our fasting is get a, get away from technology. You know, I'm set, matter of fact, when I came over this morning, the first thing I always do is slip it in my back pocket. I slipped it in my back pocket and I said, oh yeah, today it starts. I set it back down and I came over. I don't know why I bring it over here. In the, in, anybody planning on calling me this morning? No, okay. I don't know. It, it is a habit. It is a habit. And it is not always good to have with me, you know, because it distracts. And all of a sudden, you know, that time the Holy Spirit might be working his word in me and, and things like that. I might be, oh, on my phone you know, checking out the scores of last night's game or those important things of life. Yeah, uh, I don't know. So that's, that's part of our fasting that, that we're, I'm looking forward to. Another thing that we did not say was the Tuesday and Thursday. Eric, did you mention that Tuesday and Thursday? You did not. Tuesday and Thursday, you can make this part of your commitment. On Tuesday at 6.15 in the morning, for those of you uh, who are early risers and love the morning, 
uh, 6.15, we're going to be here. Uh, there's going to be songs, some, some, uh, some li- prayers that are led, and, and also some, some congregational readings and things. We might even have communion uh, as a part of that. Uh, we're going to do that for a while. You can leave when you need to. Again, we're going to do it again on uh, Thursdays, 6.15 in the evening. So it, maybe you could do one or the other, or you could join us for both. Uh, it's to strengthen and help us, you know, support each other as we go through these uh, three weeks of fasting. All right, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we praise you, and we thank you, Lord, that uh, you have not just created us and set us in motion. You're the God who's been very attentive to us and who has pursued us. Lord, who has sent your Son uh, to die for us. Your love has been revealed to us. Lord, you have revealed to us your intentions and your purpose and, and the direction of a kingdom that is going to be so established someday and yet ahead of us uh, through Christ. We praise you, Lord, for the message that we've received. And we ask, Lord, that you lead uh, that you guide us in this life. As a shepherd, Father, we want to follow. Help us, Father, to be attentive to you, to uh, um, in, in all our ways acknowledge you, to, to search after you. Lord, we know that there is no better way of life than to uh, just, Father, give you our best attention. And, Father, to to definitely follow after you. We praise you, Lord, for your word. We praise you for your spirit upon us through Christ. We definitely thank you for Jesus, that we have this connection, that we are your children. We ask, Lord, in the next three weeks that you guide us into this time. Uh, Help us in in the moments when we're before you and as we're reading scriptures uh, to be able to leave the things of this world behind in our thoughts. And to focus upon what's being said in your word and where you're directing in our lives. God, you are good to us. We praise you, Lord, for the final and complete message we have in Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that through these days that you will lead us. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.